0: But he knows where she's going Yeah, she's leaving She is headed
1: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Here's our host, Tom Dupree.
2: That version does not have the middle verse in it. The one, across town a boy is waiting, you know, she makes him, makes her feel the way she used to feel. That's where she goes to run to the little boy she's having the affair with. This is the last verse. Anyway.
1: This is what you said, me. I know, it was
2: how do they? They're taking stuff out of it. Anyway, what a good song! All right, I'm going to talk about uh, I'm going to talk about oil because I don't see you know there are certain themes out there. Technology, of course, is a huge theme. We play in the technology arena when something's really obvious. But there's a lot of things that happen there that aren't obvious. And you can always find a reason for buying something. And, but you have to do the research. And we only have as much as what we've got. And we only know what we know. You know, you can always learn new things in this business. And we have and do. And, and that's part of the fun of it. So technology has been good, but but I do know something about oil. I lived in Houston, Texas in the mid-'80s. I knew a lot of people in the oil business. I wasn't in the oil business. I was in the uh, bond business, and rates were very high, and we did really well selling municipal bonds. But I was around people in the oil business, and, you know, it was not a good time, but the people that were good operators – always did well what we have had in the u.s and to some degree worldwide is um what we have had here is a failure to communicate no it's a joke
1: who was that
2: that's from the movie cool hand luke um it's uh (laughs) What we've had has been, really, it's been a communication to the idea that oil and fossil fuels are going away. And therefore, the banks have been told they should not uh, loan money to the oil companies. They have been, the oil companies have been demonized. And I just sent you the quote if you want to play it. uh, You can play it. The oil companies have been demonized. They've had to generate their cash out of their own cash flow or get investments wherever they could. And therefore... There's not a lot of spare capital to go into drilling oil wells. Therefore, the rig count in the U.S. has declined for months. Therefore, we don't have as much spare oil. The Saudis are the Saudis are are simply uh, waiting on the sidelines to, you know, decide if they want to add back these spare barrels that they took off the market. And uh, you, you just have all kinds of things setting up for higher oil prices. You know, when, when you see the rig count in the U.S. declining for a lot of months in a row, you know that prices are going to go higher because the average oil well declines 5 to 6% a year. There you go. All right. So the the oil, you, it's just a matter of supply and demand. Did you turn that off? Go ahead I, and play it.
1: All right. Then stop talking for a second. Now it's quiet.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's a great
1: movie. So where's the quote that you said, Tom, that you... Uh, well,
2: you got two minutes. It's in there somewhere.
1: Oh, my Lord.
2: Have you ever seen this movie?
1: I don't believe I hand. to... Say again who it is and what it is and...
2: Well, you you figure it out. You know, they'll... Not f- tell
0: the not. listeners. You wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're going to remind you of what I've been saying. You're all good. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me? Never. Oh, no. Never! Uh, what we've got here is failure to communicate. <laughs>
1: So that was the reason for playing. Tom loves movies. Okay. Let's get
2: back to and quotes this for movies. thing about a wool. Please. Okay. The thing about a wool is um, it can't go away. Despite the best efforts of the the wokies the esg folks everybody in all the major investment firms in government in academia divesting of you know fossil fuels and it's gone up right in their face because it's it's based on lunacy and a profound lack of understanding of how the world works to assume that we're just going to do away with oil in the next 10 years. And the Biden administration, they're, they're not even looking at what's happening. They're coming out with even more stringent standards, standards that will absolutely bankrupt the big three automakers. They will be out of business. And in a sense, I think they're on their way to getting that way to begin with. So then you won't have any, there there won't be cars, which is really what I think they're trying to do is not have cars. So people can't go anywhere. We'll be like Cuba. People in Cuba are still driving cars from the fifties. They haven't had any new cars down there in a lot of years. That's why I hold on to my older cars, especially diesels, uh, because, and keep them running. (laughs) Who knows where we'll get parts, but I mean, you know, they've been able to get them in Cuba. This is what's going on. You, but you, you could, you could get rid of cars, but you can't get rid of trucking companies. You have to have of course, the UAW is trying to. They just got rid of yellow trucking. Uh, no, no, it was the Teamsters. Actually, it was the Teamsters. Put the squeeze on them. The, the The head Teamster guy was doing tweets about RIP, yellow trucking. And it was a cozy little arrangement with the Biden administration. These people are absolutely crooked. It's not, it's bad stuff. I don't need to get onto politics. You can read on it, but if you're not doing the research, you're not going to see what's really going on. But I cannot believe that we're at a point where we're all of a sudden going to function without oil and without fossil fuels. Therefore, all the disinvestment that's occurred, the lowering rig counts, all these things are serving to push the price of oil higher which tells me I want to be invested in things that have uh, exposure to oil. So we've talked about really two things here. How we believe, I believe, that inflation is not going to go higher permanently. And second, that energy is going to do better than a lot of folks would say it's going to do. Now, those are things that enter into the realm of politics, government, <coughs> and other things related to, to that. These are two major investment themes. What do we do as a registered investment advisory firm? We invest money for individuals primarily, retirement accounts. And we, I had a long talk with a client the other day. He said, you know, I know that money isn't worth the paper it's printed on. And I rely on you all to try to invest in such a way that will keep my money at least spendable that'll try to keep my money pace with inflation. In other words, I'd like to make as much on my investments as the government is taking away from me in inflation. Well, one thing we know about inflation, it's personal. The stuff you buy is probably going to be different than the stuff I buy. We all buy some of the same stuff, water, Natural gas, if you run your furnace on gas, electricity, gasoline. And then it's, we all buy food, but then it gets to be personal. You buy this, it's up in price. I buy this, it's down in price. So inflation is somewhat personal. It's also governed to some degree by where you live, what prices are like there. But we've all been affected by inflation. So, Our job is to decouple as best we can your investment portfolio from just money. Because if you're just in money, money doesn't have a value other than what people say it does. We want to convert it over into something that has a value. One thing that we have exposure to, our natural gas pipelines now you're not going to you're not going to get natural gas from point A to point B and heat the country if you don't have pipelines and guess what anybody tried to build one lately it's not that easy to do nobody wants you crossing their land with a natural gas pipeline despite the fact that for the most part They're completely safe, and after a while, you don't even know they're there. Still, you don't just go out and build a pipeline easily. So when they're built and they're doing what they were designed to do, they're valuable. Same thing with energy production. You don't just go jump in the oil business. There's a lot of things that have to be done to get you there. When you're finally set up and doing it, you've accomplished quite a task. It has value. And guess what? If there is some kind of inflation, which I think will begin to trail off, but still, we're going to have, we may not have as high of an inflation as we had, but we're going to have something. The value or the the, the price of doing a lot of these things, building a pipeline, putting in oil wells, it's going to go higher with time, over time. I did say earlier, I believe some prices are beginning to moderate. Some things may be cheaper in a year than they are right now. But overall, we'll still probably have some inflation. I've heard some people say we're going to go to zero inflation. We could. If we went to zero, I don't think it would be permanent because the government still keeps printing money they don't have spending it on stuff, and whenever money gets printed and put into uh, circulation, it creates inflation. Strange thing. (laughs) I heard a, a chat with the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, about six months ago. He was asked that question, did all the money printing during COVID create inflation? And he wouldn't answer the question. Then he turns around and raises interest rates, supposedly trying to suck money out of the supply. To, you know, another you can't have it both ways. This is why you have to be very careful about what you read and hear from the government. If you are just tired of trying to sift through it, listen to the Tom Dupree show. You know, sometimes I felt like we ought to do a show every day. Because there's always something new happening. But today I'm talking to retirement investors. Now, let me talk a minute about technology. There are certain things going on in technology. And it's about, in many cases, it's about the algorithm. It's about the companies that do well. They, they ha- they're they driven by algorithms which are i guess some kind of digital formula for how you figure things out what is going on with human behavior these algorithms are more valuable than anything else this is why a company like airbnb has got a 90 billion dollar market market value you know this is why <laughs> Facebook or Meta has a nearly $1 trillion market value. A lot of these things are driven by algorithms. Google, same thing. If you can think about companies that are driven by certain algorithmic processes, these can be good places to invest if you're, you know, if, if if you're opportunistic about it, if you just buy a rally, you know you could wake up one day and you're down forty percent. That's why I tend to not try to say go out and buy tech stocks. I'm not, the, the great miracle, the great economic miracle in the U.S. has been technology. You go to Northern California and see the wealth that's been created. It's undeniable. Except for some reason, they can't keep the horse track open in San Francisco, which is a sad thing. But I'm not a technology expert. I do know something about the oil business. I just gave you my view on it. I know something about interest rates. I've been in the business for a long time. Interest rates are affected by inflation. I gave you my view on inflation I could be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong because if I were, I wouldn't. If I thought I was wrong, I wouldn't tell you. It's like
1: you wouldn't know
0: if you
2: (laughs) no. It's if you thought you you were wrong, you you wouldn't be talking about it. It's like in the movie uh, The Pope of Greenwich Village, where Mickey Rourke uh, here we go with the movies uh, accuses Eric Roberts he's stealing on the checks, and he said. You got caught, and I got fired. And he said you were wrong. He said, "No, I wasn't wrong. If I thought I got if I thought I was going to get caught, then I would have been wrong." Great movie. It's got a lot of
1: profanity, f bombs. Yeah,
2: it's still so funny. All right, listen. What I'm trying to say to you is try to hook your investments to a wagon that will get you that will get you away from just being exposed to the value of money. Get exposed to something that has a real value, and it's used every day.
1: All right, that's the first half of this hour in the books. Success in retirement begins with a plan, not chance. This is a Tom Dupree show powered by Dupree Financial Group, where your retirement dreams can become a reality. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Of more with Tom Dupree, stay tuned. To comfort an old friend who's
0: feeling down, but he knows where she's going and she's leaving. She is headed for the cheating inside town.
2: This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC or read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, We'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859 Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com.
0: Lost ten points just for being in the right place at exactly the wrong time. I look right at the facts there, but I may as well have been completely blind. So if you see me walking, all Don't look back, I'm just on my way back home There's a train leaves here
1: Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Here's our host, Tom Dupree.
2: I want to go a little farther into uh, this bond thing. Uh, This is the
1: Eagles before we jump into the... All right, go on.
2: You think they don't know that?
1: Some might not. Just trying to help the listener out.
2: It, it is the Eagles or I should rather say it was the Eagles uh, because that's an old song all right I want to get back into this bond thing it's 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 interesting now you know what's happened here is that the interest rates have shot up and the big shooting up has occurred in the last few days because of the fact that uh, the uh, Let's see, where, where is the 10-year? Right now as we speak, it's almost at a 419. That's So that's a big jump in the last couple of uh, weeks. And here comes this uh, Zero Hedge article. With bond stock correlation at record, uh, Bill Ackman is short treasury bonds while Buffett is buying. Okay, now Bill Ackman is a loudmouth Hedge fund manager always talks his book. He's a he's a jerk. I mean, and he he loves to yell about what he's doing. And I think what he's just trying to do is broadcast his position. See if other people will follow him, and he can actually make the market, you know, do what he wants it to do. And he's not an RIA. He's, I don't know that he's really governed by the SEC, the way a, a money manager like us would be. So he doesn't. He can kind of say whatever he wants to and, and, and get away with it. So he goes out there and says, uh, while rates have been moving higher, Bill, Bill Ackman is still short or surprised they aren't a lot higher. In his ubiquitously long tweet thread, he explains he short treasuries as both a hedge on long-duration stocks he says, I've been surprised how low U.S. rates have remained in light of structural changes that are likely to lead to higher levels of long-term inflation, including de- deglobalization, higher defense costs, the energy transition, growing entitlements, and the greater bargaining power of workers. That's all just a bunch of BS, hot air stuff. He decides he wants to be short Treasury, so he's short Treasury. And that's fine. Bill Ackman can be real right sometimes. I mean, just because he's a jerk doesn't mean he doesn't do things the right way every now and then. And he might be right. On the other hand, Warren Buffett seems to not be worried about the fact that the U.S. just got downgraded uh, by uh, Fitch. Fitch. Warren Buffett came out this morning shrugging off Fitch's USA downgrade, confirming that Berkshire is still buying $10 billion worth of treasuries every Monday. There are some things people shouldn't worry about, he told CNBC's Becky Quick. This is one. Okay. Okay. When's the last time Buffett actually talked about buying bonds? Well, I, I took a look. CNBC had an article June one, or June 9 of 2009. Warren Buffett buys big bargains in muni bonds 2009. So that's what June 9 Oh, That's 14 years ago. That's the last time Buffett was buying bonds. What is Warren Buffett buying? We ask that question every three months when Berkshire releases its quarterly snapshot of its stock holding. But in recent months, we haven't seen a lot of equity purchases. Instead, Buffett's been buying municipal bonds. Bloomberg notes today that regulator filings reveal Berkshire's muni bond holdings almost doubled in just nine months rising to $4.05 billion as of March 31 compared to $2.05 billion on June 30th of 2008. So keep in mind, this article was from back in 2009 that I'm quoting. The article reveal, recalls Buffett's own amazement at sky-high municipal bond yields as the credit crunch was at its worst. Late last year and early this year, in his February letter to shareholders, Buffett wrote, the investment world has gone from underpricing risk to overpricing it. A few years ago, it would have seemed unthinkable that yields like today's could have been obtained on good-grade municipal or corporate bonds, even while risk-free governments offered near-zero returns on short-term bonds. Okay, that happened during the financial crisis. There was a squeeze a lot of things conspired to push yields on municipals and to some degree treasuries higher i remember during that time ge got downgraded from aaa to like aa- minus. Um, your your municipal bond market got hammered so now we we hear buffett and and uh, See, we're, we're 14 years down the road. Berkshire's got a lot more money now than it did back then. They were making a big deal out of showing that they went from $2 billion in municipals to $4 billion. Now he's talking about buying $10 billion in treasury bonds every Monday. He's doubtlessly extending out the yield curve. So that somewhat confirms what I said earlier about the fact, or I I don't call it a fact, it's my belief that inflation is going to be somewhat contained. It's not going to go nuts. You could still have declining inflation and increasing oil prices. Why? Because energy is not the only component that makes up um, the CPI. There are other elements to it. It's not just energy. So, um, Warren Buffett's willingness to buy bonds here, the last time I saw that was June of 2009.
1: So, what does that tell the listeners?
2: Well, I think it tells the listeners... Are we on that, the
1: back end of a I'll crisis? I'll tell you
2: this. When when he bought bonds in 09, that was a damn good time to buy them because they got a lot more expensive after that. If everything that's going on finally creates a recession of some sort... Which
1: they've been calling for for how long I know, now?
2: Just the minute when they say it's not going to happen, that's when it's going to happen. And if it does... And you have a slowdown in business, sweetheart, these interest rates will drop through the floor. And any bonds you buy now, you will you will do well on. I mean, so, that's I'm just telling you history. I'm not going out and saying buy bonds in here. I know I'm running an ad that that talks about locking in your yields, but that's kind of different. That's saying, you know, right now it's not calling necessarily for a bond rally, it's saying this is not a bad time to. To lock in some yields on certain things, so and in, now it's even better time. So go. So ahead. in
1: June of two thousand nine is when he made this big bond, yeah well it was bond CNBC, move last. CN, time. CN, well, they, he
2: had been making it prior to that. CNBC was simply reporting and on, picked up on it. Yeah, well they they were reporting on their every three month report of showing what they owned Berkshire. Okay.
1: So fast forward to two thousand ten. When was it in two thousand ten that we had. There was a big drop, and then we had a bounce.
2: We started getting a bounce in 2010 in stocks. And consequently, you began to see also lower interest rate on bonds, which pushed up bond prices as well as stock prices during that time. I mean, we came back big time in 2010. We, like everybody else, got hurt. In we at t- Dupree Financial Dupree Group. Financial Group. Right. But, but what happened was... We made a lot of our clients whole by the end of 2010, and some of them were even higher than they had been prior to the crash of 08-09 because we bought a lot of things dirt cheap in 08 and 09. I mean, just absolute, and they stayed dirt cheap for months.
1: Well, and in 2020, we had um, circumstances thing. that the world had it, never the, seen. The wheels
2: came off for a while.
1: And there have been a lot of bounces since then, and a lot. it's been a lot more volatile up and yeah, down. Yeah, but that's
2: the stock market. That, I, I
1: know, but I'm just tracking back to, to the 08, 09, 2010, which in the middle of that is when Buffett made his last bond move.
2: Well, I mean, it's the last one that's been talked about. Now, he bought T-bills for years in there, and they basically yielded nothing. Because nothing else was yielding anything. And T-bills are the shortest end of the the bond thing. But now, you don't hear of him buying any big stock positions other than oil. And he's also loading up and buying these treasuries.
1: And he also, his historically, when he feels like the market doesn't have value, he doesn't jump i mean he doesn't buy things just to buy things he doesn't go on
2: what he feels like he goes on what he thinks it's based
1: it's all verbiage you are correct it isn't verbiage he does probably a lot well he does a lot more thinking than he does feeling i I would imagine it's
2: it's it's all just based on analysis and
1: maybe intuition is that a better word i don't
2: think he uses intuition that no that's more of a Feeling related thing. I, yeah, I mean, there may be some part of investing is seeing something that you saw before and remembering it and putting those two experiences together. But it's also a reading of the data. He does, he digs into annual reports. It's all there. Anybody could do it.
1: Does he still, you think, do it or does he have a team that feeds him information? Both. How old is he? He's ninety-three. Dad's
2: age. If Dad were still alive, Dad was born July tenth. I don't know what year, what day uh, Buffett was born, but it was in the year nineteen thirty, just like my dad. And uh, he's still alive. Buffett. Yeah. My father died in two thousand eighteen, and so uh, just shy of his um 88th birthday but the 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 point is um he's buying bonds and it's it's publicized or has become publicized
1: um but that's why I was tracking back to what what happened in 08 what happened in 09 and what happened in 2010 tracking it back to 2020 2021 he was born 20-
2: august 30th and so, therefore, he's, you know, like 50 days younger than dad. Um, and so, think about this. Warren Buffett and Bill Ackman is short. He might have already covered his short by now. Who knows?
1: And explain what happens with that.
2: Well, he may have been short. And with this latest drop in the value, of treasury bonds he might have said okay i've made a quick profit here i'm going to get out of my short explain
1: the short position short
2: position is you're betting on the thing to drop so what you do is you borrow it and sell it and you don't make delivery yet because you're waiting for it to get lower in price so you can buy back the stock or bond whatever you went short to cover what you sold short. He probably did not actually short the bonds themselves, because if you're short bonds, you also have to make the interest payments to the person that you shorted them to. And my bet is he, he, uh, Oh yeah, here it is. We note that Ackman later qualified his quote short treasury position is in fact options. We purchased options rather than shorting the bonds outright.
1: Uh-oh. And so explain that so difference. So all
2: that means is he bought puts, which uh, would be, it's kind of the cheesy way to do it.
1: We don't operate or sell, buy, sell, shorts, puts, options, any of that stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. We don't it's sell just,
1: anything, actually.
2: No, I mean, we don't, you know. This is how he got quote short. He didn't really short the treasuries. Shorting the treasuries, that takes some big kahunas. And that's a pretty scary thing to do. I mean, if you're gonna actually short say a million or twenty fifty, a hundred million dollars worth of treasury bonds, those suckers better start going down right now. Well, the For interest you, you, alone you,
1: that you gotta cover.
2: You got yeah, let's say okay, let's say you shorted a hundred million dollars worth of treasuries with a 3% coupon you're going to come up with a million and a half dollars every 6 months now or and you do have you know well you have to come up with that interest when it pays you don't have to come up with the acc- daily accrual of that interest
1: but you are getting in the weeds it's
2: well you're just you're 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 shorting you're selling something away and you're responsible for the daily interest accrual on that or payment without owning the actual security, it's a pretty freaky deal. You better be able to buy that thing back in 15 or 20 days a lot cheaper than where you sold it. And it better be an actively traded issue because if you can't buy that same bond back, you can't deliver another similar bond.
1: So how does all this help the retirement investor?
2: I'm just describing the dynamics of how the market works. You have stuff that gets affected by this. If you own bonds or stocks, it gets affected by what people are doing in the market. And, and Ackman is shorting, but Warren Buffett, he isn't going to short anything. He doesn't need to. He buys stuff. He goes long. He doesn't jack around short. He is a
1: long-term investor.
2: Yeah, and he's buying more treasury. He bought a bunch of them when they weren't paying anything. Those are slowly rolling off because he didn't buy the longer ones. You know, he's buying six, seven, eight, nine-month T-bills. Keep them, you know, they might have been yielding a tenth of 1%. That ain't too Cool. But he had to. He didn't want to put it in banks because look what's happened to the banks. He had to buy treasury if you're sitting on $100 billion. So they had a ton of T-bills.
0: He
1: ain't worried Because he's about been it. sitting on a lot of cash for some time, correct?
2: Yeah. And now it's like sitting on cash is different than actually owning longer-term bonds. If you're buying longer-term bonds, and at one point he bought municipals. He says he did. But this was back when he was dealing with a lot less cash. So, what have I said here? I've said if Warren Buffett's buying treasuries, that might be a good sign that you want to take a position in some things that have some longer term interest rate exposure that can, you know, lock up some yields in here. And that's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, if you have a portfolio that owns a bunch of S&P 500 funds or things like that, Give us a call. We might be able to come up with some ideas that could be, uh, help you preserve your cash in the event we have a downturn. You know,
1: so. It gets back to that subject of you've got to know what you own. And, or know
2: somebody that does.
1: Right. Or, or somebody that's going to take a look at your portfolio and tell you exactly how it's structured. And why it is structured that way. But she it's so important because when you're dealing with so many different variables in the economy, you gotta know what you own. So, Tom, one word of wisdom or a sentence of wisdom as we close out.
2: Ne- <laughs> n- never leave your investment returns to the kindness of others.
1: Oh, that's an old Dupree word of wisdom. We had about 12 of those that we ran in print at one point. Say it again, Tom. I already said it. All right. So, in other words, you got to have your own best interest at heart. If you'd like us to take a look at your portfolio, give us a call, 859-233-0400. You can go to our website and schedule an appointment directly on our homepage We'd love to see you. We'd love to give you a complimentary review of where you're positioned in the market. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We appreciate you listening.